to There Will Be Podcast. My name is Pilar. And my name is Ryan. And this week we'll be discussing the critically acclaimed heartfelt drama from 2015, written by Emma Donahue and directed by Lenny Abramson. Uh, it's simply known as Room. Yes, yes. Uh, so Room, it tells the story of Jack and his mother who have been held captive in the backyard shed of her kidnapper since before Jack was born. Uh, Jack's naive understanding of this 11 foot by 11 foot world is uprooted when he turns five years old and his mother uses a narrow opportunity to take a huge risk, leading to Jack escaping room and experiencing the reality of the world for the very first time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I think everyone that watches our videos knows that Room is one of your favorite movies. Yes. Um, you always mention it. I think it's been mentioned the most of any movie so far. Hmm, interesting. interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got a two-part question for you to start off with. All right. All right. First part is what does Room, what does this movie mean to you? And then uh, part two is how has this particular viewing experience changed like your perspective on the movie? Okay. Um, so I, growing up, I really liked movies about motherhood and so um there's lover boy there's uh womb uh recently you know movies like room has come up <laughs> uh womb and room um and so i've always had like a really big connection with movies about motherhood specifically with their sons um i think there's a lot of history too with um uh, with hispanic women and their sons kind of like them prepping them to be like they're almost like their knight in shining armor. And okay. I feel like that uh, there's a lot there's a lot to go into that. Uh, but for the most part, I really loved Room the first time we watched it. Um, it's a little bit traumatizing, um, but I think in the end it showed like kind of like what a real life kind of situation like that would kind of entail. Does that make sense? Like it, yeah. it didn't seem like an overtly like happy story, and I think the yeah, the definitely, realism, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the realism of it all, like kind of uh, experiencing the small things in life and taking that in with the bad times as well. Um, it just it just felt so realistic, um, mm -hmm. while also being very stylistic uh, by the kind of aesthetic choices that they made. Okay. Yeah. Um, but for me, the shift really hasn't uh, hasn't really moved that much. I mm -hmm. want to say it probably this time around. I did notice a little bit more of like uh, setting details, mm -hmm. which I would love to go into. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I still think it's a really like uh, great movie that just holds on to its kind <laughs> of uh, acclaimedness. Yeah. Uh, it's just overall fantastic. Okay. All what right. about you? So. Uh, I, I did, I, I led the witness there a little bit with the second part of the question, because uh, I asked how has it changed your perspective. So okay. I, uh, perspective is kind of what I took away from this movie. Okay. Let me explain. So, uh, you know, of course it deals with like trauma and overcoming dramatic events and, and trying to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of in the forefront, I think. Right. Um, but for me, the movie... In rewatching it this time, it became more and more apparent that it's really, it focuses in on the perspective of things. Right. Like, like yeah, gaining yeah, yeah. a new perspective. And specifically with, with Jack, I mean, uh, you know, his 
entire perspective of the world is just in the, enclosed in this one room for it's so long. So small. Yeah, uh, and then not to like skip all the way to the end or anything, <laughs> but when they go back to revisit uh, room uh, at the end of the movie, um, he walks in and I think he says like, "Mom has room." What did he say? Has moon, did room, room shrunk? Get, did room get shrinked? <laughs> And yeah. I think that really sums up uh, what this movie is, is about, kind mm-hmm. of. Like, to overcome trauma, you have to, like, like separate yourself from it almost. Right. To, to gain a new perspective on what has happened and, and to grow from that. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it, it shows it with both Jack and his mother, Joy. Right. Yeah. With Ma. Yeah, Ma. I just wanted to say, like, I think that the, uh, that scene at the end of the movie, uh, it really exemplifies, like, how our perspective, like, the human perspective kind of evolves, um, as we experience more things. Like, Jack doesn't, hasn't experienced anything outside of this room. Right. Uh, so he can't even, like, comprehend it. Uh, much less get perspective on it mm-hmm. until he has experienced things and comes back to it and then he understands yeah. oh, how small it really was I guess. Right, yeah. yeah. That's one thing that I wanted to... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I definitely felt that. Um, there was definitely a theme of uh, magical realism and escapism in this okay. film. Yeah. Um, and so we go through this whole film through the perspective of, uh, of Jack, who yes. is played by Jacob Tremley, who is fantastic uh and so with jack we see the world that him and ma who is played by brie larson uh have created um along the way before jack um i believe ma was like uh in captivity for two years before that yeah um and so once she was able to gain jack she kind of was able to gain like almost well, one, somebody to share this experience with and also to kind of help escape uh, this experience with. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So uh, when she... Almost, w- almost like an outlet. Right. Yeah. Like she, she at the very least wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool to see the world through his, through Jack's perspective. Like everything seems so big and magical. Like things aren't like... Things like the mouse is like, oh, that's real. And she's like, no, that's not. Like, <laughs> like she gets to create. She's like almost Jack's god in some sense. Because mm, yeah. uh, she's just creating this little space for just the two of them where she's able to just manipulate whatever rules she can. Yeah. Um, that aside of old, old Nick, mm-hmm. uh, who is her captive. Captive? Captor? Captor. Captor. Yeah. Um, old Nick, who is her captor, uh, she has to kind of create a, like, kind of like a myth or like, what's the, like, urban legend kind of yeah thing about him. Um, what's the word? Yeah, it's like a, it's a mythos around, yeah. around old Nick and what his role is in this environment, I guess. Right. And I think at some point she, like, mentions that uh, she doesn't know his real name. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think she's relating him to almost, like, Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Like, he just comes 
bring stuff bring stuff and then leaves yeah which i think is really like a nice kind of uh touch i guess hmm. or like kind of like little connection there yeah um i definitely did not make that connection oh really? yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean it could be possible that his name is nick or she told him his name was nick or something when they first met yeah um and then she just doesn't know his last name so He's just like the old man who like stole her or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also like the idea that he's like old Nick because he just kind of resembles uh, Santa Claus in that sort of aspect. Okay. Um, in that imaginary <laughs> world. Right. Yeah. And so she creates this world uh, or this like myth about him, like what he can do, what he does. Like uh, uh, Jack thinks that he's like magic and half real, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. That he's not really human because one he like never sees him uh every time uh old nick comes by jack is stuck in the closet mm -hmm. is that what it's called the closet uh, I, what do we call it the the bureau i don't know i call it bureau but i think it might be closet maybe they do call it closet yeah okay. um so every time old jack or old nick is there uh Jack is stuck in the closet, so he really doesn't know what he looks like. Um, and then throughout the film, we see him kind of go out because he's curious. He's mm -hmm. five now. Yeah. Uh, he wants to know a little bit more about the world, so he goes to see Nick. Uh, and then when Nick, Nick wakes up, uh, uh, Brie Larson screams, don't touch him. And I think she's like saying that to Nick, but at the same time, she's saying that to Jack. Like... Mm. don't touch him like everything he touches is kind of like ruined for her mm, yeah so she like one doesn't want uh old nick to touch him because it's like that's my thing like you can't have that but she's also trying to scare off uh jack to ever like feel compelled to do something like this again yeah so in this world that uh jack and ma create uh, room is the only location ever to exist. Everything outside of that is space. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, small words like backyard and house and like, um, like outside, outside, right. That doesn't exist. It's only in TV land mm -hmm. and TV land is sort of like their only portal to the outside world. But Jack doesn't even know that that's like any of that is real life. Uh, and so the tiny things that are alive that come through into room, like the mouse and like bugs and mosquitoes and stuff like that, um, it's kind of hard on Jack to like really feel like those are real things because his mother has like trained him into thinking that those don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does have this idea also of a mythos almost of mm -hmm. this dog that he owned at some point right called, named lucky mm -hmm. and i can't quite figure out where that comes from hmm. so like uh she does say that old nick um said he had a hurt dog mm -hmm. and like that's how he like abducted her basically right but i don't think he actually ever had a dog no i don't think so either and i don't even know how that would have like translated to jack at any point hmm. it, it's almost like it's just well an imaginary companion that he made up but it's like currently not even with him yeah 
Well, I mean, there's also like, so part of this uh, mythology was that Jack was up in heaven before he was born. Right. And he was looking upon like Joy or Ma, whatever. Uh, and so maybe he thinks that when he was up in heaven, he had a dog named Lucky. Okay. Uh, just because heaven is also a magical world where anything can happen. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing at some point he saw a dog on TV. And this was like before Joy like developed the parameters of what reality is on TV. Yeah. So So maybe she was like, Oh yeah, you had a dog, and then that just <laughs> yeah. stayed with him for like He's three like, years. He's like, a dog. <laughs> he never forgot that fact. <laughs> I do. I do feel like I re- What I really, really liked about this film is being in the perspective of Jack. Yeah. Reading the film or reading the book um, was kind of a hard time because you're reading it through the language barrier of a child. Yeah, um, we didn't even get that far. Yeah, no, really. we read like maybe two pages it's ridiculous and it's extremely hard um maybe in a later day we'll finish it but for right now it was just a little too much to handle um just linguistic wise (laughs) um but seeing it on film is a lot easier and you you feel compelled to kind of dive into your own uh thoughts of how you took on the world as a kid Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really cool thing to kind of reflect on while you're watching uh, something like what did what was a word that you used for, I don't know, being hurt or like uh, not understanding something like how did you how did you take on the world? Right. And I think that's really cool about the perspective of this film. Yeah. Yeah. We we get several. um, I think it even starts off with Jack narrating. Right. um, Like. And kind of like describing things in the room itself mm-hmm. and describing his, I guess, beliefs at this point. Like he doesn't even know what they are, but right. he's just laying it out there, everything that he knows, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, that's one thing that I, I couldn't figure out, like who he was talking to. I feel like he was narrating to Ma because at some point he says you and I think he means Ma. Because um, in the middle of the film, he's like, while Ma is having an off day. Yeah. Uh, he's like. Gone day. Gone day. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you are best at reading, cooking, uh, sweeping, uh, this. Yeah. And then I'm the best at uh, jumping <laughs> and almost everything else. <laughs> uh, so I think he's narrating to Ma. Maybe it's like he's narrating to her, like trying to t- create a story for her while she's on a gone day but he's just kind of telling you know writing his own bibliography i guess yeah (laughs) uh but yeah uh biography autobiography autobiography. bibliography is the one where you put all the books that you yeah you just that's the sources (laughs) (laughs) just kind of doing that too he doesn't have any sources right (laughs) the only source he has is his real life (laughs) i do like how that also relates to the book because it is just him kind of narrating his life. Yeah. So the the screenplay was also written by Emma Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, apparently she, I think she started the screenplay before she even finished the book. Yeah. Like she, she was, oh, she was really? Like, yeah. I think she was like visualizing this as she was writing. Wow. It, so, um, yeah. I think that's why it works so well. Mm-hmm. Because a, typically a movie like this, uh, in a kid's perspective, <laughs> isn't, isn't the... Uh, yeah the most um like elevator pitch all right this girl gets kidnapped and she has a baby 
with her kidnapper. Uh, but we're only seeing it. But it's the kid who's narrating the whole thing. It's like this is such a traumatized, traumatizing, like theme. Yeah. Like it's hard to like actually feel like. I feel like there are films like that where like we do see it through kind of the children's eye, but it's a lot more like effective. Uh, I guess like negative wise. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Effective like. Right. Effective? Like, affects you more? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because it's so, like, it's so dreary, so, uh, so focus on the abuse and focus on, uh, like, the downside of it. I mean, not that there's, like, an upside, but it's, uh, with Jack's take on the world, everything seems a little bit more magical, a little bit more peppier, because he doesn't know what necessarily is bad in this sort of sense yeah um so everything is kind of just like a new experience and everything is just kind of (laughs) (laughs) okay about not being focused on the trauma Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the things that kind of stood out to me right um because when they when they do escape finally uh we see they're in the hospital there's like a a doctor i guess he's like a psychiatrist or psychologist one Mm -hmm. um and he is very concerned with like jack's kind of psychosis right um but you know he he says like it's good that we got him when he's plastic and like that's a funny line because jack is like i'm not plastic right like i'm not plastic yeah he like whispers that to to ma or whatever but uh yeah it's weird because yeah jack hasn't been like he he hasn't been traumatized really not in the sense of abuse well he 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 doesn't comprehend enough to be traumatized almost okay right right but they completely ignore like joy like her her trauma Mm, okay and that's that's something that like bothered me from not even like a story perspective like i it fits with the story. It right. really does. Like people care so much more about kids than they do adults. Right. Um, but I just thought it was so like painfully obvious. Like, like you guys need to look at Joy for a second. Yeah. Because I mean, we we saw her several times in room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before they even had an escape plan, really, or whatever. Right. Uh, and the fact that Jack has a term for her like just being like dissociative yeah yeah dissociative in the bed called gone days Mm -hmm. like the fact that he has a term means that it happens so often they have a name for it right and that he has his own like little routine of what he does like okay well i'm not gonna bother her i'm gonna make myself he made cereal yeah cereal yeah he just like kind of just lays on the floor plays with his like little car or whatever um yeah so like subtext wise like that doesn't end when they get out of room mm-hmm. like we see her kind of uh you know in a similar state like on the couch mm-hmm. uh, kind of dissociative um then we see her um like up in the bedroom on the bed like the same kind of way like she is not okay yeah and like everybody just seems to be taking her word for it like yeah whatever i'm fine now right you know? She's just like, I'm just glad to be out of there now. But it's like, okay, you might be glad, but like also you have like a lot of things underlying that you're not talking about. Yeah. 
I so it's one of the things that I like about the movie because it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, how this could happen to a young girl, like I think she was seventeen right. at the time, and now she's twenty four. Right. Um, and she has to go back home finally, and like I don't know if you've ever gone home after you've like been out of the house and have experienced yeah, life or anything. It is such a different shift. Like. Yeah, you can never go back to that same dynamic with your parents. Right. Um, plus, like, her life, her, her life back home has changed so much. Like, her parents are divorced now. There's mm-hmm. a new guy in the picture um, who seems great, by the way, but it's just, like, something to get used to. Yeah. Plus the fact that she, like, goes to her bedroom and hasn't changed in seven years. Oh, my God. Like, how awful is that? Right. Like, uh... <laughs> and then all her memories are there when yeah. she was, like, young. And it's, like, that's a lot to take on for somebody, one, who was, like, kidnapped, and two, like, who hasn't really experienced life between those years. Like, that's something that she was, like, missing out. Aside yeah. from the trauma of being kidnapped. Like, the trauma of not, like, living out your teenhood, I guess. Yeah, she hasn't, she hasn't had the chance to grow up. hmm And, anyway, there's the scene, she gives that that primetime interview, which is, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's that scene where nobody is even talking. They're all, like, sitting at the table. Leo's, like, cooking in the background or something. And the tension is just, like, so thick. Like, you're just like, Ugh, it's so bad. Yeah. And I don't know how she wasn't, like, on Suicide Watch. Like, for real, people. Right. Like, open your eyes and, like, just... Don't mind Jack for a second. Like, Jack is fine. Jack is fine, dude. (laughs) Okay, so I think relating to Jack in, you know, the term of, like, not being, or being plastic or whatever. So there's the case of Jeannie, who was in captivity for, I believe, 12 years. I cannot remember. But uh, once she was able to escape, like, she had never talked to anyone. She had never, like pretty much was like bound to a chair so her like posture was like so bad mm-hmm. um and um psychologists like would work with her and she just like never learned how to speak uh any language honestly mm-hmm. uh and she was like a teenager kind of just with the mind of a two-year-old almost mm-hmm. so yeah. that's why he was like they were that's why i believe they were so more much more concerned with like Jack, because yeah. it's like, well, you know, I guess we can deal with, like, somebody who has been tr- traumatized like this, but we gotta, like, fix a child before they develop that sense of trauma. Yeah. So they can carry on with, like, a normal life. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, Joy's already effed up. We can work on her, like, later, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I mean, but he's yeah, five it years is... old. He barely has, like, consciousness, you know? Like, yeah. He just grew up. When he turned five, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the things that I thought was really cool is um, Joy, in in addition to, like, developing this belief system and, and world and, and mythos and stuff like that mm-hmm. for Jack, uh, she's also, like, paying attention to, like, typical, like, motherly things. Like, right. Like, like vitamins. She, yeah, like, she gives him vitamins. Um he worries about hygiene, like brushing his teeth and stuff. They have like a little exercise routine where he's like just running from one side of the yeah, room to like the track. other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then um, also, I mean, he's really smart right? for a five-year-old. Like, outside of him not really having an understanding of reality, mm-hmm. like, he knows how to read really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, counting doesn't seem to be an issue. Like, he, right. he knows very basic things for probably, I don't know, probably like an eight-year-old. Right. And he's only five. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, I would go go to say like, well, that's all she can put her focus on. So like, it's she, it's he's bound to come out good. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. it's not like she had him and neglected him and then messed up. You know, okay, like, fair enough. Like she, like that's all their focus was was developing Jack. Um, I mean, that's kind of all she has to do. That is something I kind of have a problem with. I guess was. The idea of developing Jack, um, because old Nick, like, to what point would Jack, like, growing up become an issue? Yeah, so that occurred to me too, Mm -hmm. but also old Nick hasn't thought about this at all. Right. So, like... That's what I, that's what I thought, but at the same time, it just, like... I feel like, so, okay, there is this, so, there, there is this turning point, mm-hmm. and I feel like, like, she, Joy, feels as trapped as she can be, like, mm-hmm. she's tried to escape, uh, and it's, multiple times. yeah, it's basically impossible, because, like, even if she, um, you know, overpowers old Nick, mm-hmm. she still has no way to get out, because the door is locked. Right. And she doesn't know the code to get out. Like, she can't kill him, because, like, yeah. well, then she's just trapped inside with nothing. Yeah. So, like, it, it really seems like this impossible situation for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack coming along kind of gives her a, an outlet or a distraction, I guess, for for however long she wants. Um, but uh, there is this turning point. So, um, yeah, Jack is getting more curious. He goes out and... and goes like face to face with old Nick who's asleep mm-hmm. and they have this big thing and then a fight ensues uh, and then he cuts the power to the room um, yeah and you know it's very cold and stuff and um, it's like this all happens and stuff uh, but it's not until Jack is reading from Alice in Wonderland uh, that some of the lines like click in Joy's head and it's talking about like, all of this crazy stuff had been happening to Alice. And I think the... Let's see. So the actual line is... Um, so many out-of-the-way things had happened lately that Alice had begun to think that very few things were impossible. Hmm. And, like, Jack is reading that, and you kind of see it, like, click in Joy's head that maybe maybe things aren't impossible maybe it's not impossible to get out of here right and if if jack is like of mind now Mm -hmm. then maybe it's time that i let him in on on reality right so she tells him reality and he was like not having it but (laughs) but like i don't know if it was the next day or a couple hours later uh he like he gets the toy car that uh, old Nick gave him and starts destroying it. He's mm-hmm. like, all right. Like, that was his turning point. I'm like, okay, well, 
maybe I am five now. And, uh, and I got to start thinking for real. Yeah. And then he's watching TV Mm -hmm. and Joy's, I think she's cooking or something. And he asks, so these people on TV are real? And then Joy's like, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so at that point she's like plotting with him, like on how to escape, like how it was going to happen. Um, and I think that's one, like, really brave of her to, like, try to do that with her child. I mean, at this point, she's, like, kind of created a barrier between him and uh, old Nick to where he wasn't just going to spill the beans by accident to Nick. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like it was a lot of pressure to put on a kid. And, like, she knew that. And, like, in some ways, she felt like even if there was no way for her to escape, that for at least a very brief moment, uh, Jack would be able to experience the world. Yeah, I mean, I think um, her going through with this with this plan, mm-hmm. um, and you know, having Jack pretend that he's dead, rolling him up in the carpet, mm-hmm. and having Old Nick take him out. Uh, I don't think she is. Like, she knows that, best case scenario, Jack jumps out of the truck, is not seen, uh, escapes, um, but then, at some point, old Nick will go to take him out of the back of the truck, and then he won't be there anymore. Right. And old Nick will know what happened. hmm So, I don't, I think, for her, it's like, this is it. Right. Like, he just cut the power. He's made all these threats. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And now, like, old Nick and uh, Jack have gotten close enough that he is also in danger now. Right. So, this is it. Like, either Jack yeah. gets out or he doesn't make it. He's not going to make it if he stays here. Right. And I think it's, like, practically, you know. Like, the only option. It's, like... Yeah. suicide by escape is what well going through her mind i think when she's when they're like arguing at some point she's like i've been trapped in here for seven years and she like says it again like seven years and then i feel like that's when her brain shifts like hmm. it became less of a plan for her and more yeah. of a plan for him like he's been trapped in here five years yeah, yeah. yeah. but like to him it doesn't feel like being trapped it's just his home you know it's just his world yeah, it, I think it like it dawned on her that he doesn't realize that, and that like that's kind of a sad reality. Yeah, and so she's like, "Well, here we go. We're gonna get you to escape." Uh, and so I, I mean, it is very uh, ballsy of her, yeah, to attempt this, and not knowing if if he's even ready to or like capable of. Following through with mm-hmm. this with this plan, but um, I feel like I mean she knows Jack, and Jack seems like the type of kid that only does what he knows to do. Mm-hmm. And if she only tells him to do certain things, then that's all he can do. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I I feel like also going back to the interview where the woman was like 
Uh, do you think that was the best thing for Jack? And yeah. dude, that like blew her brain. She's like, what do you mean? Like, was that the best thing for Jack? Like, yeah. what better thing could, like, do you think that she could have asked Nick to take him to the hospital or something? Like, right. I just, it, that made me so mad. I wanted to jump yeah, through. Like, that's, that's the, that's like the crutch of the movie, I feel right. like. Like, this is what everybody who looks at Joy sees. Like, a selfish woman who, like, kept yeah. this child in captivity just so she wouldn't be alone or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's like, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, For real. For real. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I feel th- like... I was thinking about that. Like, yeah. okay. All right. So, let's let's back up a little bit. When she gives birth to Jack, it's been about two years, right? Mm-hmm. So... In that two years, she's been abducted. Who knows what the state of this room was before that, the mm-hmm. state of her relationship with old Nick. She's definitely been been raped and impregnated mm-hmm. in those two years. Like, it's, it's only at this point can she even trust old Nick enough to dispose of Jack's dead body. Right. Or dead body, you know? But, like, how could you trust an abductor and 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 rape raper rapist rapist (laughs) how can you trust someone like that to drop off your newborn baby at a hospital right i mean come on how stupid of a question is that yeah um (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah with you talking about the state of the room i think that's pretty interesting to like to show like kind of the structure of the room uh having the little kitchenette the Mm -hmm. bathtub yeah there's uh, a bathtub and toilet in there like that's right like to me there's another thing too like i don't know i mean i'm sure it is plausible for him to have created this sort of kind of in in, encasement yeah um like the the ceiling has soundproofing right um but like to some extent like i don't know like i don't understand i guess Maybe because I'm not a captor, don't know why someone would create like such a big investment in this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't read the full book, so I don't know if it's any different, like if it was in the basement or not. Um, I do think it's creatively, uh, a creative style or whatever, mm-hmm. like to have it be a shed. But in all honesty, I feel like it's kind of hard to believe that it would be a shed when it's it's a, a, a lot to, like, kind of connect and build and structure. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I mean, Nick just doesn't seem like that kind of person. Yeah, there's plumbing, uh, heating, and uh, electricity. Right. All in the shed. And that, I mean, when I grew up, I had a shed in the backyard. My dad and I <laughs> built the shed. Yeah, it had none of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's one thing that really does take me out of the story. I mean, I'm sure there there are uh, like similar cases to this, (laughs) Um, but it's just for me hard to believe for for someone like Nick and the kind of person that we got to see uh, to go through this kind of work. Uh, I do feel like it is plausible for him to, like, have this kid with, uh, or allow uh, Joy to have 
this child and, and him not him yeah, yeah and him not be involved because he he does doesn't seem like the kind of person who wants to be involved that's, or like that's true. wants to put the work in. He does seem very lazy. Right. Like he has a he has a problem getting the smallest things for like grapes. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, uh, like they literally get no vitamin C. Vitamin C. Yeah. From the sun. Vitamin D. They literally. Sunny D. Vitamin D. They literally get no vitamin. <laughs> they get no vitamin D, and he can't even get a vitamin. He's like those are fake. Like they don't need vitamins. <laughs> it's like okay, well you already went through all this work already. Like just get the fucking vitamin. Pathetic human being. Right. So um, along also with relating to uh, Ma and her like experiences, I think like there's really neat little nicks that. Uh, Brie Larson kind of brought to the character okay. and as, as well as like the team who was surrounding her mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I picked up a lot uh, in this viewing is like her eye twitching and I don't mm-hmm. know if it was like maybe Brie Larson exhausting herself to the point where her face would twitch like that um, but specifically when she would get mad I think it happened um, I can't remember what scene this was but it was like near the beginning of the film. She like said something to, uh, to Jack, and he like kind of like blew her off, and her eye twitched in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And it happened again that I saw it um, during the interview when her uh, when she asked her that question, like, "Hey, are you ever going to tell Jack about his father?" And right. she was like, <laughs> "He doesn't have a father, like." <laughs> That just doesn't exist to Jack. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, like, a really, like, I don't know, like, kind of, what's the word? like, a sign of a great actor. Mm, yeah. Uh, to have, like, those tiny things. There would be moments where she would, like, kind of do this, or mm-hmm. when they were, like, cutting things, and she was like, oh, I'm gonna just let you take charge of the cutting. And then she, like, to the side was, like, doing this. Yeah. Um, I think that's, like... I don't know, like, such nice little, like, hints of what had happened before, like, they're told to us. Yeah. Um, so, you mentioned her, her cutting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does, like, cut this apple in half. Mm-hmm. And she, like, takes a bite of the apple, and and that's when she loses, uh, what's it called? Bad tooth? Oh, yeah, bad tooth. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, anyway, there's little details, like, the knife that she uses doesn't mm-hmm. have a point. Like, the point's been broken mm-hmm. off. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like that's really a great detail. Yeah. Um. There's also a small moment where Old Nick comes in and he smells like the burnt toast that uh, mm-hmm. uh, that she burnt early in the day. And she's like, "Oh, well, I just wasn't thinking." Because she told her, she told him, "Oh, I just burnt some toast." Mm-hmm. And I think she like quickly got in her mind, like, "Oh, he's gonna think that I'm like trying to do something." Yeah. So she's like, "Oh, I just wasn't thinking." Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was like really smart too, either in the dialogue or if that was something that Brie Larson just came up with. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's like small things like that that's just like so good. Yeah. Um, okay, I did want to mention this one other detail mm-hmm. about about old Nick. So Nick gets Jack this red pickup truck mm-hmm. uh, an rc truck and then when he takes jack's dead body out to his truck he has a red pickup truck 
Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I that, didn't see that. That is such like a realistic thing for for this pathetic human being to have gotten yeah. a, a toy for his captive uh, kid hmm. that resembles his own right. pickup truck. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't even see that. Yeah. That's probably him like trying to relate to him as like a yeah. father. Yeah. Oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, that's, that's gross. Yeah. That seemed very believable to me. Um, there's other things that make it very believable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them listed out here. So like the, the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a really great job on the makeup, making uh, Brie Larson especially look, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty like emaciated almost. Like, okay. Like worn. Yeah. Like she does not look well. Right. Uh, in this room, especially. Uh, Jack looks like he li- literally has never seen the sun. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like they definitely look like they've been in this in this space for five years mm-hmm. without leaving it. Um, uh, also, how room itself is decorated mm-hmm. uh, with all of these like scraps, like egg cartons mm-hmm. uh, with pictures drawn on them. Um, you know, it's not a clean space, really. Right. Uh, like everything right. is. She tries what she can. Yeah. I mean, you can tell, like, where they've touched the walls and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think there was, like, a certain scene when they're, like, moving the bed. You can see, like, a hole where uh, Ma tries to, like, dig her way out. It's like, girl, like, you're not going to do that. I mean, she tried, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, A couple of other things. Uh, How, when they got out... How the the doctor gave them like sunglasses and sunscreen. I mm-hmm. thought that was like just a very nice little detail. Right, like uh, professionals doing their job. Yeah, like that is exactly what they would give you in this situation. Right, you know? they gave them a mask oh, or yeah. specifically for yeah. for Jack. Yeah, I forgot about that. I meant to write that down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's like, is this necessary? It's like, yeah. There's like a lot of germs out here that your body's not been exposed to. Like, you're gonna have some sort of reaction. Yeah. You're gonna need it. Yeah. yeah. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then the fact that she basically was forced to do that interview to pay for, like, legal expenses. Right. Like, this world sucks, dude. It really does. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about that kind of stuff. Like, you know? Yeah. Having to, like, pay for for things like this. It's like, this person hasn't had a job. They've been abducted for, like, years. Yeah. Like, how are you going to expect people to pay for things? I don't know. But then also, who pays for it? True. I don't, I don't know. know. Like, <sighs> it's such a sad world. And I feel like, I don't know. Like, when you look at it through, like, Ma's perspective, like, it is sad. Like, no matter what you do. But, like, I feel like it. It this movie was bearable because you saw it through Jack. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't through Jack's perspective with like the comic relief that it had, right. It's it's impossible to watch this movie. Really, it really is. <laughs> like going back to like Ma, like after room, um, there's just like you know, she was a teenager being trapped and now she's an adult. And so she like is now back into like it was almost like her world was on pause and now she's like back into it but everything else had moved so now she's like going back to being a teenager like rebelling against her parents and like being like you don't understand mom almost kind of um but she also is kind of like she's out of here so she 
her focus is less on Jack now because there's other people who are taking care of him. So now she's like in her own space and now she doesn't mm-hmm. know how to control herself. Yeah. And it's like, um, she feels like everything bad has happened to her and it's like, yes, bad things have happened to you, but like there are other people who are affected Yeah, and you just like, it, it sucks to say things <laughs> like that because it's like, you know, most of the bad stuff did happen to her. But, like, you know, her mom lost her daughter and didn't know what was going to happen, what was happening. I mean, I, I could assume that they got divorced in large part because she wasn't there. Right. Like, Probably, um, you know, her mom and dad, like, blaming each other for, for what happened. Right. And stuff like that. And it's like, there's so many perspectives to, like, mm-hmm. look into uh, when, like, traumatizing things happen. And... I feel a lot of of the times, like, yes, we do have to focus on the base uh, victim, I guess. I hate to use that word, but but there are other surrounding people who are also affected. And we also have to take their experiences through consideration. Yeah. Uh, Which, that's just what I love about this film. I feel like... Know being a psychology major and stuff like that, like it really just like oh, yeah. it's like such a classic like good film to like show to a class or whatever and okay. be like let's delve into this. Now now we're connecting <laughs> we're connecting dots over here now. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to get into? Uh, so I don't know. I just wanted to say you know Jacob Tremblay's acting was was fantastic. Um, we have the whole scene where he blows up and he doesn't want to be a part of the stinky world that she's telling him about uh but then there's also like like other things that he does Mm -hmm. that i just thought were so well acted um like all of the scenes where he like is really shy and doesn't want to talk to whoever's talking to him yeah uh that it didn't seem like how you act like you're shy like that's how you do it. That's fucking great. Right. <laughs> Talking about, like, children actors, like, like yes, he's nine years old, but he, like, is playing a, a toddler. Like, I think that is really impressive, you know, yeah. like, for a nine-year-old to do. I, I think he's nine. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, and, dude, he was wearing a wig and everything. And then the, I was watching some interviews with, with, uh, with the cast and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that they talked about Jacob was that he was like in the zone and then as soon as the scene was over he's like alright I'm gonna go play with my Legos like it, it was like insane to them how like how separated he was from his character mm-hmm. and I think that's something that they really like liked about it too cause uh, Brie Larson herself she was like delving into her yeah. into her character like she was talking to psychologists to like people who've also been through this type of experience um and so she was in it all the way. Yeah. Um, but Jacob, he was just like, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. I mean, and I think that... He's so plastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it, it like, it kind of shows in the character, too, like, how he's able to, like, be in a serious argument with his mom, but, like, also be like, what's the dog's name? You know, like, yeah. not in reality. Yeah. It, it just doesn't hit him. And I think that's, like, really fresh in a like character um and it's just like i don't know so so impressive to see like a young child act like this yeah yeah um there's like 
a bunch of lines that I am obsessed with, which I don't know if they're written uh, for him. I'm sure they are, but he was probably able to like put his own spin on it or whatever. I mean, <laughs> but dude, when he's like, he wakes up and he's like, I'm five or something <laughs> like that, like, uh, and then he says it again when Jack is like, or not Jack, old Nick is like, oh, how old's the kid again? And he's like, yeah. Like, that's like his favorite thing to tell people, <laughs> even though there's like nobody to tell. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like so cute. Um, when, when she is explaining like what is real and what isn't real, and he like blows up on her, he says like, "I I wish I was four again." <laughs> like, like yeah. That. So Jack's wardrobe throughout this whole film was magnificent okay okay he had a little <laughs> shirt with clowns on it like as pjs he had that one shirt um that was a bunch of seals with some sunglasses yeah, on yeah um outside when they make it outside of the room he has this little raccoon hat which i also have this hat we're gonna put a picture right here uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but i don't know i feel like i i love children's clothing because I feel like they're so fun and I feel like she uh with I don't know I feel like they look so tattered and yeah. uh, I'm just like thinking like how did Nick get these clothes you know okay like, so you, you think that might be a hole in the yes okay so I feel like it is a hole like it feels like they feel thrifted to me you yeah. know like yeah. they feel like things that I would thrift for my child. Okay, yeah. But just the only plausible reason I feel like Nick would go thrifting is because they would be cheaper. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I just don't see him like picking out this cool of clothes for him. What, what if, I mean, what if he just brings a bunch of clothes and then... Uh, he ain't bringing a whole bunch of clothes, dude. <laughs> he goes through the, um, through goes the donation the bin. bin. He goes through the donation bin, grabs all the clothes... Comes in, just dumps them on the floor, and then Joy has to go through them. Maybe I don't know. That stinky old jeans. Or he has all these kit, all these clothes from other abducted kids. Mm. What if they're his clothes? That <laughs> no, dude. That's something I feel like could be possible. Like he just kept all his kids' clothes, all his kids' clothes, and then he's like, "All right, he can have that." Like that would make sense, you know, that he had a cool kid childhood. Okay. And then just turned into the worst human being on earth, and then just gave him Jack's old clothes or something. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And then the last thing with Jack. Okay. Is that um, with Room, you know, he's used to sleeping in the closet, mm -hmm. and then they go, they escape, you know, they get back to the house, and he is like very focused on the closet inside of joy's room yeah and at some point he goes in there to like play with his toys mm -hmm. when she's in the hospital yes uh, because he's just trying to kind of grab on to something that he just knows and it's 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 like i don't know it's not sad but like almost what's the word i want to say like poignant i guess that he like relates himself to being in that closet and that's like a comfort zone for him mm -hmm. uh even though it's not his closet and he's like i desperately want to go back to room because that's all i know like i miss the good times like those were good times to him yeah because uh, that's where his mom was you know she wasn't like having a mental breakdown 
Well, I mean, <laughs> she, was. she was, but like it didn't seem so explosive to him because she didn't have that much, much space to explode. Yeah. So there's not many things that stood out negatively to me about mm-hmm. this movie, um, but there are a couple of things. Okay. Uh, and I do want to mention them. One of them is in that closet that mm-hmm. you just mentioned where he is sitting on the floor of the closet playing with Legos. Um, we do see a couple of details about Joy's life um, prior to being abducted. Like, uh, I think she's kind of an alternative kid. Yeah. Like, she has this, like, guitar bag. Um, we see a Radiohead poster. Yeah, don't think I didn't see that Radiohead poster <laughs> next to the closet. I definitely saw that. Um, she has, like, a White Stripes poster that, you know, clearly says the White Stripes. I don't know why they couldn't give Radiohead that much screen time. Anyway, um, uh, she has a bunch of Converse in her, mm-hmm. in her closet. Uh, and then, like, flannel shirts and stuff. Right, right. Uh, but the thing that stood out negatively to me is that we have that brief scene where she's looking at old yearbooks. Mm-hmm. And she tells Jack that she was on the track team. Mm-hmm. And she didn't, like, you know, relay on track or whatever. Uh, but there's no, like, sneakers or tennis shoes in her closet. Mm, okay. So, like, I mean, yeah, just put one pair of Nikes in there, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They're all flat. You know, they're horrible shoes for runners. Dang. Anyway, uh, that's one thing. um, uh, It just didn't line up with you. It didn't line up. Like, if you're going to have this out-of-the-place story about how she's on track, at least make her closet look like a track person. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The only other thing, like, believability-wise, there is this other scene, though, um, where... Robert, the dad, Joy's father, mm-hmm. Jack's grandfather, played by William H. Macy, who basically just makes a cameo. Mm-hmm. He's really only in this scene and like one other scene for like a couple of seconds. Um, uh, they are eating dinner all together. It's the first time that, you know, they've been there really, Jack and, and, and Joy. Uh, and... Uh, Robert can't even look at Jack. Mm-hmm. And this scene is like so heavy. Um, like so well acted. Um, and then we do have like a brief hint of like comic relief. Because uh, Joy gets so frustrated. She's like, okay, we're out of here. And she like pulls Jack away from the table. And he's <laughs> eating ice cream. He's like, oh, one more, <laughs> one more spoonful of ice cream. Yeah. Like that's so good. Um but I don't know what place that scene has in the movie, really. So I think what all, was... Well, all it does is, like, make Joy's situation look so much more desperate. I mean, how... It's... She is... She has such a horrible story already. Right. Why include her father that's not even in the picture? That's my whole thing. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think it goes to, like, I'm pretty sure that that was, re- because he wouldn't look at Jack, it's, like, relating to, like, oh, that is the son of a rapist. Or yeah. the child of a rapist. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think it was hard for him to, like, have that reminder that his child was, like, raped and it had some some malleable... Yeah, I... I... Some like tangible, tangible outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, you know, 
he is obviously ashamed of what happened to Joy. Mm-hmm. Robert is. Mm-hmm. But he plays no role in the film prior to that and after that. Mm. I so I, I love that scene. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, William H. Macy is fantastic. Uh, I just love after Joy storms off of the table, uh, he's just like standing there with his with his uh, like hand on the chair and they just have like this like a couple of beats where he just like doesn't even know where his eye should go anymore yeah. <laughs> like he can't look at his ex-wife uh can't look at the new guy he's just like looking <laughs> into into space right like, like focus on nothing uh so i love that scene mm-hmm. like it is one of the scenes i was looking forward to as we were watching this again okay but it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, "Is this necessary? Yeah, is yeah. it necessary?" I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it gets better delved into in the in the book. Yeah, that they're yeah. like, we have to. Plus, also, they probably paid a lot for William. Or what's his name? William H Macy. Yeah, for him. So they're like, gotta give him some more screen time or something. Yeah. Make the, it count. There is one other scene. So the like, the the guy cop. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jack's in the back of the car like why is he such a dick you know I don't know just to show how like some people just kind of want to blow it off so uh, oh well he does have a line um, like oh I think it was I think it's a cult with the long hair and the tooth mm-hmm. and that actually um, is a reference to this, the story um, which all of this is based on Okay, um, because the 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 uh-huh. captor okay. in the real story um, blamed a cult like that's where he claimed his daughter was in a cult and like put all this stuff on that. Wow. Um, anyway, don't want to get into that. That's a separate issue altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome to read about it on Wikipedia, like I did. <laughs> um, anyway, so I understand why that's in there. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a dick. The cop is a dick. Right. But he has that line to kind of just reference the hmm. the origin. Okay. Of where the story came from. So I understand that. William H Macy, like maybe he just <laughs> re- maybe he loved this book. It really wanted to be a part of it. Right. You know? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So those were a few of the details that we got to dive into that we were really interested in. There are plenty more, but we want to move this podcast along. So we're just gonna go on to the next section. And this next section <laughs> is going to be our ratings, okay? We're wrapping this thing up. We're wrapping it up. All right. So, uh, you you want me to give my rating first or you want to give yours first? Um, because, I can... because you gave your rating already. I did. In the establishment episode. That's true. Not to point fingers. Not, I mean, I was pointing fingers too. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you gave it a 9.4. Yes. In the establishment episode, has your rating changed? So it did before we started talking about it on the podcast. Um, so I, in rewatching it, okay, I had changed it to a nine point five, uh, which is one point one one yes point one tenth of a point right uh-huh. one tenth of a point higher than originally. But the more that we talked about it, the more I realized that there were a lot of things that I did feel like 
who are missing or like out of place or like things like that. Like, yeah, just didn't line up. So I'm going back to my original. Okay. So a 9.4. Uh, just because, I mean, dialogue, fantastic. Yeah. Everything that Jack said was so great. So funny. Uh, same thing with Brie Larson. She was really comedic at times when she needed to be, like specifically to cater towards Jack. Um, but when she needed to be serious, she like was in it. Yeah. Um, so that covers characters and dialogue. Uh, the setting we talked about a little bit. So that was a little bit where it faltered. Like, yes, the room itself was spectacular and was full of details. But there were just some plots in the story as well that just didn't line up. Yeah. Um, so that covers plot and setting pace wise. The first time that I watched this, this was something that did kind of like shift in me. Okay. Um, was that I felt like it was too long or that okay. it could have stopped somewhere. But mm -hmm. I think this time around, I think it was like necessary to, for it to continue. Cause I feel like in watching it, you want to like see Jack escape and then come see Ma and then that's, they're happily ever after, you know, yeah. it's like you want it to leave in such a big like positive emotion right but then you ha then you get to see like what really happens afterwards and it's not just peaches and cream and stuff like that like you know the trauma still continues and it it takes a lot of work to get out of there yeah so uh, that uh speaking on that um i this time around i was very interested in seeing when exactly they they get out like like time-wise mm -hmm. and um when the police come and and rescue joy and she comes running up to the police car uh, that is like the exact halfway point in the movie mm -hmm. when when they escape the room right um and to split the movie basically into two parts like that mm -hmm. uh, it it means that their life in room was just as important and not more important than their life outside of room. Right. So that's what got me thinking, like, what is this movie really about? Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I did the whole perspective thing. Cause, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was like, I definitely feel like the pace was just, it was right where it needed to be. Yeah. Like yeah. right in the middle in between both. Yeah. Sound one was like something like, it, it did have a beautiful like um, score. Um, definitely the song in which Jack is like talking to him or narrating to Ma like while she's having her gone day like that was a very spectacular like moment um, and there are like also tiny sounds that I think are really um, necessary like the beeping of the key codes mm -hmm. things um, her watch the little time you gotta go to bed um, definitely definitely necessary um, and cinematography I felt like I, I feel like the aesthetic of it all like was necessary for the story i personally like it was like okay but yeah. it was just like it needed to be that, that that's the thing so i think i can speak for you on this so like don't get us wrong there's not like mistakes necessarily in this movie right like you know like in parasite we thought it was a mistake uh the the crumbs on the floor right to be ignored after that uh this movie doesn't really have anything that stands out like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like almost like taste things. Yes. They're a little uh, questionable, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I mean, I I personally didn't like how it was like the same kind of 
dark gray scale once they were out of room. Like, I think from mm. a, like, kind of artistic yeah. uh, take, like, you would you would assume things would, like, brighten up a little bit. Does right. that make sense? Right. But it didn't. And I think that is important mm-hmm. uh, because it shows, like, you know, everything isn't just magically better. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think it's necessary, but I just something personally I... I didn't like yeah. it because it's like I kind of just want to see a little more brightness in Joy's world. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of don't like having her name as Joy though. Yeah. Too. Okay. So there's, there's more things. <laughs> there's more things now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Why is her name gotta be Joy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on now. Any other name would have worked. Right. Um, also, so I like that we don't know really what happened to Old Nick necessarily. Mm-hmm. We do see. Not necessarily. It's not necessary, right? Which is fine, except it does show Joy watching TV mm-hmm. and seeing that they have arrested the man that lived in this house connected to her case. Mm-hmm. Like, I I am perfectly fine never seeing Old Nick or right. hearing about Old Nick again. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't. I mean, it it like it doesn't resolve anything like we don't know ultimately what happened to him and right. neither does joy i guess mm-hmm. and like like i just want it one way or the other okay gotcha gotcha like that's another thing taste-wise that are mm-hmm. just hmm. you know i don't know like to me like i hate things like news stories where they're like uh the murderer was like part of this school blah 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 i was like dude i don't want to care i don't care about any murder i don't care about any mass shooter i do not care about them yeah. At all. Yeah. Like, stop talking about them. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's what I mean. Don't yeah. ever mention them again. And right. then it does. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Where I feel on originality, like, I think it's, you know, there's plenty of movies similar to this, like, um, other son movies, definitely for sure, because I've seen a lot of them. And then kidnappy <laughs> kind of like movies. Okay. Um, but I do think it's a, a little bit more of a, like, a different take with mm-hmm. the perspective and with the story and how it carries along with both sides yeah. of the story. Yeah, I think the most original thing about it is how how much of the story is outside right. of, of, of room. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, so I do think like it's very high in the originality category for me. And as well as um, enjoyment, because I mean, I love the story. I think it's it's really impactful in the relationship that uh, Brie Larson and um, and Jacob have. Yeah. Um, and as well as their characters, like I think you can definitely see the chemistry just like be so pure and like beautiful and just it's it's, <laughs> it's adorable. It, it's funny at some points. Um, uh, yeah. But it's also, like, realistic in a sense where it's not, like, dreary, but, like, you know, responsible as far as, like, telling a story goes. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So, you so, give it a 9.4? Yep. Still a 9.4. Okay. I am very close to you. I am giving it a 9.3. Ooh. Uh, just a little, I mean, it's basically the same rating. That's the number that I settled on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did... One thing before we mention our favorite things that I want to talk about okay. that we haven't talked about yet okay. is the the end scene where mm-hmm. they go back to room. Um, and I think like wrapping up a story like this, like that is such an important moment um, 
like one it it kind of it it brings closure to to joy i would guess Mm -hmm. um uh and then you know we at the beginning of the movie uh jack is saying like good morning to everything in Mm -hmm. the in room and then he finally has the chance to say goodbye to everything right because when he when they didn't make it or when he did make his escape or whatever like yeah. it was very quick and realistic like and, abrupt yeah like okay this is happening now <laughs> yeah like, you know okay so that scene itself is very important mm-hmm. the thing that what do i want to say do i want to bring this up no i'm just not even gonna bring it up okay i hated how they went through the house mm. yeah i did hate that i hated that okay okay so I hated how they went to the house. And then left through the backyard. Well, I'm thinking it's because, like, they just didn't have, like, you know how, like, fences lock from the out inside? Okay. And I thought that's what it was. So that's why I was, like, fine. I was fine with it. But okay. I just, I did not like how they went to the house. Because, like... I didn't care to see more about Nick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. It goes back to that. Like, I don't care about Nick. They had no relationship to that house. Right. I mean, I guess it was to show, like, how he had, like, one couch and, like, a TV. Who cares? Like, he, like, he was just basically living in a skeleton. Like, he didn't yeah. flourish or anything. He was in, like, a ball or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, or, like, a bait, like, a average man who has like an average house okay why couldn't the cop go through the house and just open the gate in the backyard yeah which would definitely happen in real life i hated that the fact that it went through the house yeah we don't care about nick also it shows like the backyard i guess Mm -hmm. and there's like that tractor there and at first i was like shit does he have like graves or something back here no they're just like demolishing it yeah they're just like looking at the plumbing that (laughs) ran to the the shell the shed or whatever right and it's like <sighs> i don't know tractors yeah. cost money like somebody is renting that tractor and just sitting back there and some that's what joy's paying for yeah <laughs> um all right so i'm gonna go ahead and get into my favorite thing about this movie it's okay. pretty brief um i love the scene in which they are screaming at the aliens yes uh i thought it was really smart to to <laughs> incorporate like why isn't she like screaming for help or anything you right know? and this is how she does it and i love aliens <laughs> <laughs> i love how high pitch jacob's screaming yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i liked how it's like a game that yeah. they play but it, like in her terms it's like a, a way to escape yeah. like trying to escape yeah. um i think that is a very cute um, so I have two favorite scenes. The okay. first one, um, is a little bit more in depth than the next one, but, um, so I, I believe that the relationship between Ma and Jack and also with, uh, Brie and Jacob <laughs> is just so cute. It's so heartwarming and pure. Um, and there's like, uh, there's a scene where, um, Brie Lars or where Ma is like teaching, Jack how he's gonna roll up in the rug and then wiggle himself out and um and he's like no I don't think I can do this today and she's like no like we're gonna do this today I'm your mom I, I picked for the both of us and we're gonna do this mm, yeah. today yeah 
And then uh, there's the moment where she like overdoses and has to go to the mental hospital, and then he she calls him on the phone to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. And Jack is like, um, you need to come home, like, now. <laughs> and she's like, no, I have to stay here. And he's like, no, you, you're you coming back home today, and I am choosing for the both of us. <laughs> like, he's like, I choose. I choose for the both of us. And yeah. I think that is so cute. And, like, having um, him kind of just take her own words and, like, be like, hey, like, now I'm taking care of you. Yeah. Like, and I'm picking for the both of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but another one that I really love is just, like, something that I, like, a quote that I use all the time. It's not even a real quote, but it's like <laughs> when uh, they're fighting and uh, she's telling him her, her story. He's like, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I say nah like, like that all the time. And I feel like it kind of puts people off because I feel like it sounds very rude. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. He, he also says it at the end. Uh, she's like, do you want me to close the door? Like, when they go back to room, and he says, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love that. All right. Um, All right. But yeah, so let's go. That's pretty much it for room. I hope you enjoyed our review of it. Yes. Um, uh, that being said, uh, so half of room, uh, I mentioned. The first half. Yeah, the first half of room, it takes place in an 11 foot by 11 foot uh, set, and you can feel how trapped the characters are. Um, in that that setting. Mm -hmm. uh, so it got us thinking about other films in which characters are trapped in a setting uh, in, in which the setting acts almost as an extra character. Mm -hmm. uh, we considered a lot of movies, a probably, lot about of movies. A, probably about a dozen or, or 20 maybe, uh, mm -hmm. that, um, that could fit into that, but we did narrow it down to these three. Um, yeah, so... Want to give them the movies? Taking it away. Yeah. All right. So the first movie that we have for you is A, His House. It mm -hmm. came out in 2020. Uh, it's directed by uh, Remy Weeks. Yes. Um, and that is the film that we have not watched. It yeah. just came out last year. It's on Netflix. I think it came out in October of 2020. Yeah. So. Um, and so we did hear like a really like uh, praising review for it. And I'm kind of excited to watch it. It's a, like a horror movie that I don't we don't know too much about yeah we were kind of expecting it to fit into this yeah uh, so we, we so, yeah yeah um but b we have the lighthouse which um was a movie that we like didn't really like at the beginning and so we kind of <laughs> want to go into it and see if it's like maybe we like it or not like have different opinions so i've seen the lighthouse twice yes. i saw it in theaters and then i was like you have to see this stupid ass movie. In the <laughs> um, so yeah, I look forward to rewatching that. Yes, it's, it's directed by Robert Eggers. Um, and yeah, that came out in two thousand nineteen. Yes. Um, and then C, we have Mother! Uh, exclamation mark! Uh, uh, that came out in two thousand seventeen, and that's directed by uh, Darren Aronofsky. You got it. I did it. Um, <laughs> Um, and that revolves around um, uh, Jennifer, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence I'm, I'm um, sure and a lot of anxiety. Yeah, we've mentioned it on prior episodes, but that movie, I don't think either of us have finished it. Mm -mm. Uh, it is infuriating. And, yes. Um, and we want to be able to like just actually sit down through the whole thing 
Yeah. So um, the, all these movies have something that like we're really intrigued to watch. Yeah. Uh, the first one, never seen it. The second one, mixed reviews. <laughs> and the third one, just like couldn't stand to watch it. So um, we just, we want to watch these films uh, just to get a, a better yeah. view of them. Yeah. Let, let us know which one you want us to review next. Uh, and of course, thank you so much for watching us. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel and uh, share us with your friends. Also, don't forget to like the videos. Um, that really helps out. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, if you like it. If you don't like it, then you know you're don't probably not, not even, like it. <laughs> you're probably not even watching it anymore. So um, anyway. Anyways. Uh, yeah, you can also uh, follow us on social media. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. We are There Will Be Podcasts on there. On Twitter, we are Pod From a Basket. Yes. Uh, we are on Spotify yes. and most um, podcast listening yes. applications. We're uh, on uh, Google Podcasts, um, uh, on Anchor and others. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, making it big over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you guys can listen to us. If you don't feel like you want to pull up YouTube and watch us, um, you can have the audio version only. Yes, yes. Uh, that being said, thank you again for watching. Uh, stay tuned for some parting words. I know... Uh, this is going to be my favorite. They're going to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you again. Bye. Good night. I've been in here for seven years. Do you understand? This story is boring. Jack, the world is so big. It's so big you wouldn't even believe it. Room is just one stinky part of it. Room's not stinky. Only when you do a fart. Oh my god. Okay. I don't believe in your stinky world. <laughs>